0: And I think I think what bootstraps may, helps you and, 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 and demand from you is to be really, really focused about what you're doing and what you're not doing, because you cannot just try to do so many things simultaneously. You have to pick the most impactful thing that will drive the revenue, because if you won't drive the revenue, you won't be able to hire more people. So it helps you to be really good on taking decision on, on what's going to make an impact or not.
1: Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Tech. sponsored by Hippo Insurance, OpWest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with c tech I'm excited to share with you the story of an amazing startup, Lusha, that was bootstrapped for four and a half years in the B2B sales space. Meet Yoni Tsuruya, co-founder and CEO of Lusha. As Lusha's co-founder and CEO, Yoni first developed Lusha as a side project during his first job as an iOS developer. After one year, his pet project exploded and he decided to turn his passion into his profession. Today, Yoni helps create the vision and strategy that informs all products and business decisions at Lusha. He focuses on hiring the right team, anticipating the future needs of customers, and envisioning the future of the data world. As software engineer by trade, Yoni graduated with a BSc from ben Gurion University. Yoni Tsuria, welcome to 20-Minute Leaders from the Lusha offices, I'm assuming. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. How are you?
1: I am doing great. Good morning to both of us. Uh, Yoni, Brilliant. you're stationed in the middle of, of one of the most fascinating, fascinating industries uh, that, that are new. Uh, you know, they, one of the few, in, one of the industries that just didn't exist, you know, if, uh, just a few years ago, at least not in the scale and the complexity that we're seeing today in a data-driven world. And we're talking about B2B sales and we're talking about understanding how do we reach the relevant people with the relevant content in a globalized world uh, and and i'm really excited to dive deep both into lucia but also dive deep into your life yoni and how and what led you to understand the market the way that you did and and a, a personal conviction of what's happening so yoni who who are you who's yoni
0: okay so so let me start a bit because you have several questions uh so i'm yoni i'm 36 years old i'm father of three um, I founded uh, Lusha with, uh, with my partner, Asaf, five years ago. Um, and when we, when we found Lusha, uh, we basically tried to solve a problem for recruiters when they need to reach out to potential candidates, and, and it's really hard for them to do it over the web and over uh, social networks. Uh, so uh, we knew, my partner knew the pain of the recruiters really, really well, and we started to solve that. Uh, and give them the ability to and business contact details and easily uh, reach out to potential candidates. But very quickly, we understood that the real big pain in the world and, and, and the real customer of Lucia is the salesperson uh, because very quickly they discover the product and their potential with it. So since then, uh, most of our focus is on providing the best uh, data and insights for salespeople to to make the world Work much more productive.
1: I, I have to delay on on this exact. You you said it in two sentences, but it feels to me like this was you know a big big milestone for the company. You're starting yeah. off with recruiters, and then somehow it gets picked up by salespeople, and you understand that actually your your real product market fit is in the latter uh, type of people, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think uh, I mean we 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 realized that recruiters. Recruiters and sales are similar in a way. The, the main sh- the main difference is that recruiters are very picky with the people they really want to connect with, and salesperson are less. Um, so they need more data than than recruiters. And but actually, they both of them need to reach out and and just you know create a deal. Uh, so we just we, we saw that there are many more salespeople in the world, and the need and the understanding and the and the willingness to buy technologies is just more advanced and. And, and, and this problem is just much bigger because sales methodology today is still spray and pray. If you think about it, you have a lot of salespeople, they just try to reach out and connect with no, um, not enough data uh, for company and try to buy. And I think that the world is transforming into selling uh, with much more data. So you are much more uh, focused and you have a spotlight on the right company where the, when the potential is the highest. And I think there are several trends in the world today that we see that you know, the, the fastest growing company today are providing self-service business in addition to traditional sales. And, and what's happened is that, and even if you have traditional sales, you t- today you can sell to anyone in the world uh, and it's become really easy. And the challenge is that your customer base increased dramatically and the sales teams just cannot offer human touch to a- every potential buyer or, or every user in the system. So what they need to have is they need to have accurate data so they will know where to focus and where, and where their real potential is. And, and to emphasize that the best companies today, even if they provide self-service model, still 10% of their customers represent 70% of the sales of the revenue. The challenge is how do you identify and distinguish who are those 10% that you need to focus your sales efforts in? And just don't waste your time on the small or or low potential buyers, uh, and so this is what you try to provide them in the best way.
1: So if I understand correctly, you're taking this idea that you know just statistically speaking, ten percent of the customers of a, of most companies are Indicative of seventy percent of the revenues, and therefore, if we're looking at the human-to-human sales cycle, those are where we should be optimizing. Even if we do have a self-service, you know, a, a method of onboarding, this is where we want to prioritize, and that is exactly where Lucia interjects,
0: right? Exactly, and 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 let me give you some examples um, of of how. Different the story of a company can be because I can give you two companies with 200 employees for example But one company last year they were 100 employees and they just raised money and you know They are growing really really fast so that that's company that's growth fast and you probably can sell them much easily then if you're gonna have a 200 company which you know last year, they were 300 people and they're shrinking, or they are not growing, or, you know, it's a different story. So the main challenge today I think with sales teams is that they still work on a very uh, shallow data, which doesn't tell you any story. It's just really static data. And this is the way they filter their audience. So they get tons of potential buyers. And it's not right, because you actually have a really, uh, if you really get deeper into the company story, there is a different trend, there is a different, Timing that you need to reach out to every company to to make the sale, and if you are able to provide them the best and the highest potential companies uh, to focus on on the right time, they will be much more effective. And and it's a trend that the sales is transforming more and more into into science and into data driven more mode. You know, one of the things that as as I'm listening to you,
1: I'm contemplating is you know. <clears throat> I, you know, I find that, you know, a lot of the transitions, it goes, goes back to linear algebra and this idea that, you know, if before sales was really two dimensional, you have, you know, who is the right client for me and, and how do I approach them? But you're actually saying, well, today we're adding a few more layers of complexity, such as what is the right time to approach them? And these are yeah. all really data driven questions that, you know, if you could potentially answer them with, with analysts, but you could never possibly scale to attempt to cover you know, even 5% of your potential market, right? And, and having a technology that does that on scale and generalized for companies makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and there are a lot of companies, there is specific time where they need to reach out. Let me give you a simple example. Lucia just raised money uh, several months ago and we just built a new finance team. And the probability that a company like us with those criterias now, need to integrate ERP system is really really high, and once we will integrate ERP system, uh, we, we we probably won't change it for the next five six years, and and so you need to identify all the companies that are currently building a finance team, and they need to integrate ERP. Otherwise, you're going to lose this momentum, and this you have a you have you have a specific time window that you need to reach out to. So that's a simple example which an ERP company we will will need to target their their potential buyers but there are tons of that you know every company targets different uh time frame in the company life cycle
1: i i love that example because i think it just illustrates you know, that at the end, it's, it's nothing about, not even about your, your own product. It has something to do with a company somewhere in the world that happens to be in a window of opportunity where maybe there was just a press release or the data was just released. And what I'm hearing is, you know, in the next three weeks or so, they're going to be bombarded with, you know, different ERPs and they're going to make a decision. So this is the window of opportunity for the decision. Now, Yoni, as you're, as you're learning about sales and as you're learning about B2B and, and, you know, what works and what doesn't work. We're in 2021. What what can I learn from your now 5 years of experience in the field as I go on my journey with sales? What are some things that you learned?
0: I think I, I, there is a lot of way to 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 answer this question. I think that um traditional sales as I said are moving from, you know, like really high volume sales or spray and pray into super targeted prospecting. So if you know your customers, you need to be very very accurate about who you need to reach out to, right. and they need to put more efforts on lower amount of leads. That's the classic sales. But in general, when I think about sales, I think that the world is changing in a way that, you know, today, 75% of the people expect to self-educate themselves before they talk to sales rep or before they buy. Hmm. And and this is by Salesforce data, by the way. And, and why is that? It, I think because we are all consumers and as a as a consumer when you buy a shirt when you buy a sunglasses when you buy an iphone when you buy a car you try before you buy it, right you 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 drive you wear you you give it you, you try you just yep. don't want to buy it. and it and it there is no difference when when you when you try to buy software you just want to try so more and more companies today are providing self service experience in a and 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 only then, when you know the product, when you saw that it works for you, and even if, after you put credit card inside, the, only then you can reach out to sales uh, when you need to scale and you, or when you have specific questions. And I think that uh, the motion of sales is transforming that instead of talking to prospects and people that doesn't know anything about you, the, the world is moving into talking to users and people that already know a lot of information about your product but your job is to connect the dots and make sure that you 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 make them successful hmm. so so if you think about it sales today is becoming more and more like product experts and 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 help you succeed rather than mm-hmm. uh rather than just you know tap on the play and pitch you the 30 yes. minutes Thirty-second pitch.
1: So, so. Yoni, take me back five years, please. The founding of Lucia. I'd, I'd love to hear the Lucia story, and and yeah. it starts with the name because that yeah. is just, that's just amazing.
0: Yeah. So so the name was uh, was the idea of my my partner Asaf. Um, Lucia was the was the nickname of his daughter. So uh, several years ago, I think eight years ago or something, he bought this domain, and he he said to himself, one day I'm going to do something with it. And then when we met, um, I mean, basically when I met him, he just wanted to buy data from me. I had data and he had another startup and he just wanted data, but he told me, Hey, you know, you can do this in this product, just reach over the web. And, and each one of us like went home and thought about it. And after two weeks we spoke and then I told him, you know, I never spoke, I, I never stopped thinking about this idea. And he said, yeah, I, I didn't stop thinking about it as well. And then we said, okay, let's do it together. And so we launched the company. And we did it really, really fast. After two months, we already have product out there, really slow and, and clunky, but two months. And I think that's the story of Lucia. I think since, since, we, since we launched the company, we ran really, really fast with small iterations. And we did it bootstrap for four and a half years. So the first four and a half years, we grew to 12,000 customers um, with no funding just because we built something really, really simple and, 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 and really fast. Um, and so everything I think in the journey was just, you know, you learn from bottom up, it was bottom up experience. We, we didn't know at the beginning, you know, we're going to be that big or we're going to do that. We just, we started and along the way, we just discovered more and more opportunities and more and more things that we need to improve. And, and up until today, it's it's all, it's also happened today.
1: As you're running Bootstrap for, for four and a half years, as the leader of the company, you know, you can't necessarily afford some of the luxuries that a VC-backed company with all the downsides of dilution and more partners and more complexity that has decided. But, but, it, but it also an, it, it is an enabler for, for growth, for you know, nice offices, for good salaries. How do, how do yeah. you deal with that as a CEO with the fact that, that you don't have this extra $5 million in the bank after six months to, to just go nuts? What, what does that do to you?
0: I think that yeah, I think I think we that we did we we did build uh great offices and we paid competitive salaries and we did everything like that, but we we just did very small stuff really, really well. So we we put uh we, we gave good salaries to people and we, and we built great offices, but we didn't do any marketing, for example, and we and we didn't have another site and, and but what we did we did really really lean. Uh and I think, I think what bootstraps may, helps you and, 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 and demand from you is to be really, really focused about what you're doing and what you're not doing because you cannot just try to do so many things simultaneously. You have to pick the most impactful thing that will drive the revenue because if you won't drive the revenue, you won't be able to hire more people. So it helps you to be really good at taking decision on taking decisions on what's going to make an impact or not. And I think this is a muscle that that was very important for us. It's, it's a, I call it a revenue muscle. You learn how to create revenue. And sometimes, not necessarily, but sometimes in companies that, you know, are VC backed, they just, are, they're not sensitive enough for, for to revenue growth because they just raise more money. And it will come along the way some way, someday, but it's actually something that you need to build capabilities for. And, and, and I think this is something that's going to be part of our DNA for forever.
1: I love that you're taking the discussion to focus driven because, you know, one of the aspects that I I haven't given much thought to is this idea that, you know, with the luxury of raising money and, and having that stability, all of a sudden you might find yourself you know, being tempted to try a bunch of different things, bring more R and D to things that you didn't, don't necessarily believe in, and even if those are great experiments to run, your focus as a core team, especially in the early stages, you know, starts getting divided, and and the, the the critical things become blurred with the nice to have things, and then you lose focus. And what I'm hearing from you, Yoni, is that you forced yourself and the team to remain dead focused on really the on target things that you're being measured on. And then four and a half years later, what happens?
0: And then we realized that the opportunity is really, really high and, and we, that we have the passion to build a big company and, and, and we need more resources to do that. So once we were committed for the big dream, for the really big dream, and, and we, we knew that we want to make this journey, then we, we just added a financial partner because you cannot run that fast without resources and uh, we understood that we need to do more stuff simultaneously we're still we're still a focused company if you think about it but we just do a, a bit more stuff and we, we we run faster and one of the main things that we added recently is is actually marketing efforts which it really helped us to grow so I think that that was the main main additional thing that we've done since the funding
1: I'll just point out the irony that a sales b2b company, Didn't do much marketing for the first four and a half years of its life cycle. I I think that's pretty cool. I have to say
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think I think though I think it was because we we actually didn't raise uh, but 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 actually it the the real the real uh, the real reason for that is because we are a product-led company and we build the product so in a traditional company marketing bring leads to sales and sales uh, uncover the product to the customer, right it's like it's marketing sales and the product is last in a product led company and a self serve company it's it's a bit different. It's marketing bring leads to the product and then you can try, you can buy, you can use, and if you need scale, you go to sales. so sales is is, is the last in the funnel and it, it, it speak to to users as we said uh, but it changed it changed the the, the need for so that's a huge market because if the product really really works well people will come and uh, and this is what happened to us
1: Right. No, I, I love this. Yoni, the story is amazing. Uh, I, I love what you guys are doing, and, and I encourage everybody to go check out uh, the, the web. It's beautiful what, you, what you've done there. Um, it feels like I'm almost in a, like in a lunapal when I go to the website, and it, it just feels good. It, uh, and, and I love what you guys are doing, Thanks. and I love the story and, and the journey, which is, you know, a lot of people say the journey is more important than, than the end. Here, I think I, I'm learning so much from, from observing the journey, And I think that there's a lot of really important lessons on, on humbleness and prioritization and focus to be learned from, from, from the story of Lucia. And I, and I'm, and I'm sure that it will be told uh, a lot more, uh, you know, in the, in the coming years. And so thank you for taking the time to be here. I have a few questions about Yoni, not about Lucia. Going back to middle school and high school, what was your favorite subject?
0: Um, First, honestly, I, I didn't like uh, learning in school. Uh, Nobody on my show it, likes it, learning in middle yeah. school
1: and high school. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, because, because the way you learn is like mem- memorize material. And, and I, I always thought that I don't like to learn back then. Today, I, I, knew that I, I learned that I really, really like to learn because oh. I have passion to do it. Uh, but back then, the, the two subjects that I really focused on was math and physics. My father is a physics professor, so I couldn't let down on, uh, on this subject. But those were the two. I, I, honestly, the, the rest of the subject, I was an average you know, student and, and um, just did what I had to do to pass everything. Uh, but those are the ones that I put more efforts in.
1: Wow. Who would be a role model of yours? Somebody that inspires you?
0: Uh, I, think, uh, I think Brian Allegan, the co-founder and CEO of HubSpot. Um, and I'll tell you why I think. First, I think he built an amazing company with real story and 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 uh, and thought leadership attitude. Um, and I really like everything they did there in terms of product and, and 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 stuff. But I think what I really like about him is that he looks like he's enjoying the enjoying the journey, and he doesn't take himself too seriously, and and he just have fun. And and I think the combination between both. Is just inspiring in my opinion. Be so successful and, and just enjoy what you do in, in in such an you know honest way. So I really like him and the way he did it.
1: Amazing. And what are three words that you would use to describe yourself?
0: Um I think dynamic. Um really, really move fast once I understand something. I think intuitive. I use my gut feel a lot, uh, and I learn to use it more and more as as I grow. And I hope the third one will be easygoing, uh, because this is what I try and try to do as much as I can.
1: Yoni Todaraba, I love. Thank you. This episode <laughs> it was great, uh, and I can't wait to continue following Lucia. Todagaba. Stay safe and Thank stay healthy. Thank you, yeah.